0: Welcome to the My All Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of com. Joining me for a casual chit-chat through international break, Mr. Phil Shaw, Mr. Chris Bird. Welcome.
1: Hello. Hello. How are you doing? How has your international break been so far? Have you managed to avoid watching England?
0: Yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched any well of done. it, actually. Well uh,
1: done. I lasted 50 minutes and then went for a strategic shower to waste some time.
0: Fifty Before minutes. Jesus Christ!
1: No. Hardcore. I didn't even. I didn't even watch the whole of the first half, so it probably wasn't. I watched up to fifty minutes, but I missed most of the first half. So
0: no. After we went to that England Hungary game, uh, was that was it for me. That was it.
1: <laughs> I've retired. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not very often you walk out of the ground after a four 0 defeat, just wetting yourself.
0: Well, the Hungarians are now, uh no slouches. They they just beat Germany away from home. They did, yeah. They'll be all
1: concrete Shame a they're
0: not in the World Cup. Well. The signs were there in the Euros because uh, mm-hmm. they were they were really decent in terms of being a counter-attacking, organized team. They got some good results there. Everybody dismisses them as normal, but you just knew it was, they were going to be difficult. But when you look at the group, England, mm-hmm. Italy, and Germany, uh, it's uh, you know you got to take your hats off to them.
1: They've taken it seriously, and the the so-called big boys haven't.
0: I think it's more attitude of players as well. They've got something to prove.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I'd agree with that. Well, uh, to the others, it's more... The mindset still is kind of a friendly... I mean, it's probably gone up 5% in terms of like urgency to win, but ultimately it's a friendly. Right, uh, coming up in the show, we'll catch up on the latest filler news. There has been various things happening, uh, despite uh, the men's team being on an international break... We'll also get into three points and the Medium Muppets, and then in the main uh, section of the show, we'll talk about uh, the supposed injury crisis or uh, the first steps of one. Probably, we'll also uh, look at October and go through that because I think that's pivotal. We've spoken about the uh, potential pre-Qatar ejection seat uh, that uh, that six weeks uh, mid-season break affords clubs to uh, maybe reconsider so I think October will be key for uh, Mr Gerrard before that so we'll look at potential point hauls from uh, that period before also looking uh, at Villa's fading uh, involvement in the World Cup it seems as the absentees uh, seem to be racking up. Whether it's uh, through injury or uh, poor form. And also, Villa's uh, poor start to the season also has uh, negatively impacted on uh, certain players' chances as well. So, uh, three prong attack uh, in the main section. Right. Uh, what's been happening in the news? Uh, mini budgets should we talk about should we talk about mini budgets or nah, we've only uh,
1: put people off football let's not put yeah. them off life as well <laughs>
0: it's just, it's just. I thought Phil was in the uh, the top 1% or whatever it is that's getting uh, a, a tax break no that's the oh. real moniker
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh that's just the uh, French version tax free baby yeah <laughs> you, you need a government to have a tax break we don't get we don't even have one of those as usual All ah, right, okay
0: right okay let's focus on Zavilla News Former assistant manager Roy McLaren has uh, died. Uh, he, he was residing in Australia. He's the former uh, assistant manager, where well, right-hand man to both Ron Saunders and uh, Tony Barton. Uh, when we won the league in '81, followed by the uh, European Cup, so he's, he was kind of. Like the glue in the background, when uh, Villa transitioned from Saunders to uh, Barton, in well w- within the middle of a, a successful European Cup runner, I think it's the quarter-final stage that uh, Saunders uh, walked out after uh, Villa were a bit uh, shy in terms of uh, being willing to increase his pay packet. McLaren left the club when Barton was sacked uh, in '84. But he uh, lived to a, a ripe age of uh, 92 and finished his days in Australia. Meanwhile, Villa actually got a, a reasonably sizable allocation for uh, their uh, League Cup trip to Old Trafford on uh, the 10th of November. Seven and a half thousand. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, I didn't know if they were going to roll the dice over the uh, above three thousand, but uh, what's the adult tickets? Is it 28 pounds?
1: Yeah, it's really good of Manu to knock two quid off the uh, face value of the ticket with that whole 30 quid price cap nonsense. But, uh, well, it's, it's not a, nonsense. It's a, That's just the league, though. Yeah, I mean, they could have rinsed us, but I think they know that it's a you know, a midweek Thursday, and it's a Thursday night, isn't it, as well? Cup game. Um, so I would imagine for 7,000, I'd imagine they'll give, it, they'll give us the upper tier for that.
0: I think if we were uh, a championship team, that would have been like a 20 quid game, probably.
1: Possibly. And with maybe they kind of know that with where United are at, at the moment, where Villa are at at the moment, both teams are likely to play reasonably strong sides.
0: Yeah. I mean, both teams are... I think they're looking at the bigger picture, aren't they, of getting their acts together so that every mm-hmm. game is useful uh, in that respect. Meanwhile, the injuries... Oh, they, it's uh, Some of these players now, it's like you feel a bit unlucky for them because there was the World Cup uh, uh, on the horizon... Uh, Bubico Kamara looks like he's certainly going to miss the World Cup, uh, as he was just uh, breaking into the French team. Uh, a player that ha- had this international break to uh, probably make a last uh, last claim on a spot in the in the squad. Lucas Dean, who actually wasn't selected originally, uh, got the call up after a uh, player dropped out, and then uh, picked up a stress fracture. I think it was ankle, wasn't it? While. Uh, in the first uh, few hours of training uh, for France so uh, now he's out of this squad I don't know how serious the actual injury is in terms of keeping him out of playing time but obviously uh, every week he misses he's going to struggle to break into that squad as well unless there's other injuries
1: well yeah because I mean things with stress fractures it's always like a bit of a how long's a piece of string type injury isn't it they yeah. can be really slow slow ones to come back from as we saw with uh, Mister Grealish a few years ago,
0: yeah. So uh, when you when you look at our defensive uh, lineup, so three
1: three of the back four gone now. I
0: always consider Kamara's, let's say, a back four five. Of the,
1: four of the defensive five. Yeah, exactly. Gone. So uh, me, it wasn't exactly a back five that have been firing on all cylinders. Well, this, this is the thing.
0: Same. It's it's not like you, you're more missing the potential uh, of what they'd been bought in to do. We'll talk about that more in the main part of the show. Uh, meanwhile, uh, uh, international breakers. Villa players are either injured or uh, not getting selected. Uh, John McGinn this week a good week of PR for McGinn.
1: Yeah, we had his fiftieth appearance, didn't he, we, as well? So it's been a been a good week for him back with, and it's probably, if anything, you could say back in his happy place because yeah. he seems to save his best performances for Scotland, where they you know they obviously, the Villa fans love him, but he's very much like, I you know, one of the big. The big fish in that squad now, isn't yeah. he? And they they really play him in a position where they get the best out of him. He plays pretty much just off the strikers.
5: He plays and everywhere,
0: and that and that becomes the uh, instant debate. It's uh, it's always like, oh, well, you know, as soon as he scores, it's like, oh, we should play him again further up, further up. But you know, these number ten positions, if that's what you would call it, these are where we've got our trump cards, and that's yeah. uh, that's the
5: issue here. Well, for Scotland, it's like he's... He's got all of the the freedom without any other consequence because, he, like I watched a bit of the game against Ukraine and he played basically every position in the forwards. He was sometimes he was the striker, sometimes he was off the left, sometimes he was off the right. He was just allowed to do what he wanted in that half, which he's just never going to do. At Villa is, he? Nope, I don't think he's not.
0: Yeah. Anyway, moving on. The Villa ladies uh, keep uh, flying the flag for Villa in terms of continual improvement, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Backed up their uh, impressive win against Manchester City with a uh, 2-0 away win at Leicester. Uh, Rachel uh, Daly scored her third goal in two and uh, Emily Gilnick also scored to confirm the win. Top three now, after two games. I mean, it's early, early days. But at the moment, uh, in one of the Champions League spots, which... uh, is encouraging but uh, the interesting thing is the the next two games i mean there's a cup break and then there's the international break uh, next couple of games are against west ham and everton teams that are kind of in that let's say mid table would want to kick on so it's a real good litmus test to uh, see where this uh, the potential of this villa ladies team is i think both of those games are at home uh, Really, opportunity for them? If they can get, you know, a win and a draw, I I would say would be fantastic to be uh, unbeaten after four. And then that starts to change the mindset to what actually potentially uh, could this team do. I mean, there wasn't that great expectation after a pretty ropey pre season, but, you know, that happens in football. You can have an absolute crap pre-season and come out the block storming and uh, vice versa there's there's no exact logic but uh, if i was wes edens and nas uh, suarez i would be just uh, increase the percentage uh, investing in this and take it away from the men's team because uh what else was it <laughs> will
1: turn 750 grand into a million
0: yeah, you you might get more bang for your buck here. I mean, you know, if you look at somebody like uh, a team like Wolfsburg in Germany, the men's team, you know, whatever, but the women's team constantly in the uh, latter stages of the Champions League, you know, over the last last few years. So yeah, there's there's a potential there, rather than being like uh, you know token gesture, pet project, they, there's, they can make imprints here.
1: And the fact that they've already netted six goals. I, mean, I think the big problem they had last year was they just couldn't put the ball in the net.
0: Yeah, thirteen across the season. So and they're already mm-hmm. sort
1: of
5: you know six in two is a great start yeah that is continuing improvement daily already the the difference were in the team from any games you saw saw last year just wait until Northern Ireland Simone McGill comes back from her cruciate ligament and then there'll be another striker right
0: uh, one thing that never stops whether it's an international break or not I think it's time for Media Muppets
5: right Phil what's in the trough You foreshadowed it earlier. It's the the England media circus that sprung up around Gareth Southgate and Harry Maguire. Uh, My favourite headline about this was from Charlotte Daly of the Daily Mail. Uh, The first part of the headline was enough for me. It just says Raphael Varane is ruining Gareth Southgate's World Cup plans. It's a bit strong. (laughs) Um, what, is he, bl- what is he doing, spiking his tea or something oh, no idea, she goes he's, she's blaming the Manchester United centre back Varane for playing well meaning the underperforming Harry Maguire is under too much pressure Well, the cynic in me would say it's, it's more than a coincidence that Manchester United have gotten their act together since Maguire's been dropped, but what do I know um, but it's become a bigger problem now for Gareth Southgate who made a rod for his own back in 2016 when he said he would never pick players in reputation but he came in yeah, and, saying, he, he,
0: and he's also, uh, as well as saying that, he's also s- talked about, uh, I mean, in, he's talked about informed players, and that's why he's he's he made an excuse for you know not having Mings in the team.
5: Yeah, I mean, his, his comments on Maguire have been, they're enough to raise eyebrows, to say the least. He goes, if we thought there were experienced players ready to step in and play at a level above him, that would be a different consideration. He then goes on to say he's our most dominant aerial centre back, and him and John are incredible with the ball. He goes, They're as good as any in the world football at doing that, you know, playing it out from the back of centre backs. And nah, I was thinking to myself, I, I don't think of Harry Maguire and John Stones as the two best ball playing centre backs in the world. Well, John Stones is known John for it. That's, it. that's why. A good, yeah, that's, he's a good ball player. That's Staines why Staines Manchester City signed see. him. <laughs> so he is well known for it, yeah. And you can see what way it's going to go whenever the World Cup starts proper, because you have the battle lines have been drawn on either side of the press, like for and against Southgate. So you have Oliver Holt going. It's quite a trick Southgate's detractors are trying to pull off. He's got us to the semis and the finals, um, without the caliber of player previous England managers have had, and we're supposed to believe he's underachieved. And then Henry Winter has just come back with Southgate's supporters defending their man by saying he's not got the players. Interestingly enough, none of the players he's rammed off are centre backs. He's rammed off Kane, Sterling, Foden, Rice, Bellingham. Um, James Saga Grealish and Alexander-Arnold, I mean, I don't see any of them playing centre-back. As me being a neutral, relative neutral in the England team, I I just think the, the support that some of the players are getting now, you know, it was a pity that players like Gascoigne, Merson, and even sort of Grealish to an extent didn't get that support from the press that maybe Maguire has got. That, you know, where, where could they have ended up without being sort of like... What do pounded? you mean?
0: Well, Grealish has been supported to play all through that last Euros when uh, I couldn't understand why he deserved it. The press it. Team, didn't I? after being out for three months uh, and playing a couple of games at the end of the season for Villa, you know, if you restrict, uh, you want the fit players there and ready to rock and roll, I think Grealish probably got the appearances that the situation probably deserved coming off the bench, being an impact. And, you know, he was used reasonably effectively as well. And he had some big moments. So at that situation, I think Southgate more than justified. But... I mean, the team, I mean, it's done reasonably well in terms of getting to semis and finals. And there's, there's talent there, but I, I don't see Gerrards. I don't see Lampards and Beckhams and Scholes. Scholes. I don't see uh, Terry's, Campbell's. Ferdinand. Mm-hmm. It's not like regular, in, almost institutional, consistent players. It's like these players that uh, they're talented, but are they going to become the real thing?
1: Yeah, I've I've looked at it with England for a while, and I've always I've always thought this in the last certainly under the sort of the Southgate era. You take maybe Kane, one or two others out of the equation, probably Rice. How many of those? In your start in England eleven, are the best player at their team? There's yeah. not that many, are there? Whereas you, you know, the names you reeled off, you know, you Terry, absolute stalwart for Chelsea. Ferdinand, absolute like powerhouse with Vidic at the back for you know United. When you had Gary Neville, you'd have Ashley Cole, probably the best, one of the best left backs in the world at the time. Um, you know Beckham, Scholes, Gerard Lampard. These are all like mega players for their clubs. Yeah. The current like you think, well Foden, great player, but is he the main man? No, it's De Bruyne you know sterling at chelsea is he the main man no he's a good player but he's not the main you know kane is the main man yeah at spurs with son he comes as a pair rice at west ham is probably one of the main men
0: Grealish, no not one of the main men no bellingham is uh, still i mean bellingham, bellingham's a big still player very young, for Dortmund, very, very but, young i understand uh i mean what southgate's done has uh, he's basically analyzed a lot of football a lot of tournaments over the year and he's seen how teams have played and what their approach has been and to, to win the tournament so that's why you've got a very very pragmatic style now all the, you know what we're talking about these kind of reliable uh england heroes that you couldn't those those are the type of players that would fit that kind of pragmatic, really consistent style very well these players you might as well throw caution to the wind and go yeah. for it because their their attributes are speed skill and uh
1: it's dynamism
0: across the field. Mm. Exactly, series. yeah. And if it doesn't it, work, I mean, they'll get beat by a, a very well organized and, uh, let's say, a team with talent playing a practical way.
1: Yeah, they'll get hit on the break by a top side. They'll but... get
0: beat by the best, but they can burn off a lot of teams, you know, on the way. Yeah. Anyway, we're 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 digressing from medium Muppets. Just to round it off, I, I think Southgate's getting an unfair battering because there's a big bigger issues here. Yes, uh, his is as boring as sin. But uh, he's trying to win that tournament, and that's why uh, it's so pragmatic and boring. But I don't think he's got the players to do that.
1: No. And I think that's people's argument. It's it's, it's so boring to watch. But I think people can see that we can only play pragmatic for so long. That's my view, because I think we've always got a mistake in us. And I think if we try and hold it, you're still going to concede.
0: Yeah. Right, three points. Number one, what's Viva La Revolution in, in Spanish? 15 players have declared themselves unavailable for Spain's women's squad in protest against coach Jorge
5: (laughs) (laughs) Vilda. What was he done? It's just an an uncomfortable working environment. It's affecting their mental health. All right. Apparently uh, not most
0: liked uh, the uh, the Spanish coach, but this has kind of been rumbling uh, on for a
5: while. Uh, They have privately communicated that they don't want to be available for selection to the Spanish Federation. The Spanish Federation have made this public to try and like out them. And then they're saying they're not happy about that. And it doesn't show any sign of of resolving itself because the Spanish Federation have doubled down on it. This is the thing. It's not, the problem isn't public. They just say that they don't like his methods. And it's a, it's a bit like bullying. So
0: what's, what's happened if they, so they're just not turned up?
5: Yes, they've submitted emails to the Spanish Federation 15 of the players saying they're they're withdrawing themselves from availability for selection.
0: The uh, Spanish Federation aren't too impressed though uh, as they've actually said they're not going to allow players to question the continuity of a national coach and it's and his coaching staff since making those decisions do not fall within their powers. So this is
5: a to-be-continued... Yes. So could you, you just imagine like any international team losing 15 players of a call-up out of a squad? It's, it's going to be a big deal as it rumbles on. Well, uh,
0: considering what we've just said about Gareth Southgate, maybe it would benefit England if uh, that happened and Maguire was one of them. <laughs> uh, point number two... Uh, Paul Pogba has uh, had to deny allegations he used a witch doctor to uh, hinder French teammate uh, Mbappe's uh, career out of jealousy. This is the accusation of suspects, including his brother, who are on remand for being part of a blackmail and ex- extortion gang. Did we speak about this earlier on?
1: We did mention this a while back, yeah. A few weeks back. What a bizarre story this is. Yeah.
0: They claim to have a video of Pogba meeting with a witch doctor. The Marabout African mystic is said to have been paid by Pogba to cast evil spells on Mbappe and Gerard and Southgate. <laughs> he should ask for his money back in Mbappe. I don't think it's really <laughs> affecting him. <laughs> Pogba, instead, told investigators working for France's central office for the fight against organized crime that he was looking to be protected against injury and also to help poor kids in Africa. <laughs> Good excuse. He was in connection with through an aid organization. The investigation into the blackmail of Pogba continues. I, I like this. Uh, witch Doctor
1: uh, This is path. going to be part two of the uh, Pogba documentary, isn't it? Yep. Nonsense, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. With him going to see the witch doctor who said ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, tang, walla, <laughs> walla, bing, bang.
0: Part two, the supernatural. Uh, point number three, current Prime Minister Liz Trust, a.k.a. Angel of Death, has been in the news <laughs> with her trickle-down economic policy and her... Uh, tax breaks, and her uh, deferring plans of an independent regulator in football. That was a suggestion of the led, uh, review. Uh, Mr. Christian Pursley will be very pleased that that's been delayed. He's not a fan at all of the independent regulator. Meanwhile, uh, it's come to light that uh, Liz Truss spent £1,841 in Norwich's club shop while she was foreign secretary. Re- she's a fan of Norwich by the way. That, that It's not just a random purchase records show that two payments were made in the club shop that were subsequently put on the foreign office's books prime minister Truss, so she didn't make the payments we did the taxpayers did Prime Minister Truss was still in charge of the Foreign Office at the time the payments were made. On the 21st of October last year, 1,318 pound is believed to have been spent in the shop, while another 523 pound and 50 pence was spent in March this year. What do they sell in there? Like oh, Norwich what? Gucci scarfs <laughs> or uh, mustard Prada that's third kits? That's a lot of
1: mustard, Phil. <laughs> it's bizarre isn't it
5: you could buy Norwich for that that's their transfer budget for the year isn't it did we not say in a previous show that we should be they should be needing fentanyl to watch their team maybe that's what's in there
0: yeah like you know Al Capone they finally got Al Capone on taxes this is something they should have saved up their sleeves for a couple of years because if this was her uh, great takedown Norwich gift vouchers or whatever she's been spending money on uh, it would be a classic That's another one that needs further investigation. Uh, One of us is going to have to take a trip to Norwich (laughs) and find out what they're selling in that shop. I am going to be on their online uh, online store after we record
1: this show. I mean, I mean to be fair, like five hundred and twenty-three pound fifty would actually get you one match match fit Villa home kit. So,
0: well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought Norwich were they didn't rip off the fans like we do.
1: Anyway, uh, moving on.
2: Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first.
3: ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. When
2: you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
4: Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: Right, let's go into uh, the main bit. First thing we'll talk about uh, in terms of uh, Villa context is uh, it's not an injury crisis. I mean, we're a good few players away from that and uh, Villa have now got much more of a depth of squad that uh, can cater for this. Uh, As we said earlier on, you know, the main thing uh, I think they targeted going into the summer transfer window was to improve that defensive setup. And when I say that, I don't mean just back back four, but defending as a team. So Kamara was a big part Part of that, Carlos, as well as potentially uh, upgrading one of the centre back positions, also just energizes the competition uh, in the centre back places as well. Because you had two centre backs in Mings and Konza that probably thought they were going to be picked every game because the the other centre backs in the squad were they smelt as backups, didn't they? Yep. no disrespect to uh, chambers and previously uh courtney Hawes or even to and zabi to when he came in they, they they were never uh they didn't have first team uh, tattooed on the forehead so anyway so also also lucas dean in january transfer window as well and now as we stand cash is injured hamstring lucas dean stress fracture Kamara's out Long term, Carlos out potentially even longer term. Yet uh, we played Southampton without those guys. Well, Kamara, how long did he last? Sort of forty odd minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, but we looked pretty solid, and you you, you weren't you weren't shit in the bed because uh, we were weak defensively. Ashley Young's come in and, and done a great job, and, and you're comfortable with him at uh, right back after his uh, baptism was against De Bruyne, and he passed that. So that's no problem. Mings has been playing really well, probably one of our best performers the last few games. Konsa had a good game against Southampton, especially in the first half. So the the only question is, in terms of defensive injury crisis, would be uh, as long as old Ludwig, August can uh, be a good 7 out of 10. He, he likes to get forward though, so I think he's he'd be similar yeah. to uh, Lucas Dean, won't he?
5: Might not be as reckless, hopefully. He likes to take uh, set pieces as well. He's touted as a you know a set piece specialist. So,
0: well, he's, he's got a good delivery on him. I think is how yeah. you probably describe him.
5: I mean, all these guys
1: were they were always going to get a game at some point. I think we just weren't imagining they'd all get a game at the same time.
0: But uh, at the same time, uh, in terms of the Kamara situation, you've got Douglas Louise, who uh, I speak for myself, but I would have taken twenty five million off Arsenal for him. Yep, without even thinking about it. But if Louise is fully focused and let's say he has a good season, then it's, uh, it actually, it's actually worked out pretty well to keep him because Villa, you know, precarious situation still. And if you're suddenly getting injuries on top of poor results, then uh, overall, you know, the, the bigger picture, the mentality, confidence shoots through, you, you're very quickly in a relegation fight because uh, this, you know, this isn't for chumps, the Premier League. And so well, the fact that he's he's still around is probably a, a benefit and 20 million that, that's what we've uh, given up but also at the same time uh, keeps us in this division then it's is small change isn't it in the in the context of things yes. <clears throat> in the context
1: yeah. of a hundred plus million tv deal yeah
0: yeah, but also Den Donkers come in, and now there's somebody as well as playing defensive midfielder, i.e., filling in for Kamara, or you know, with alongside Louise. You know, there's there's still possibilities in our midfield. There's enough personnel yeah. to uh, shuffle things around. Can also play centre back as well if needed.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember we we spoke about in quite an early podcast this season, talking about sometimes in a year you get that sort of moment where you know the, the manager's hand gets forced a little bit, and it, and it sometimes works out for the best, doesn't it? It's like, ah, shit, I've got to reshuffle, but he has it forced upon him, and it means he works out a really balanced way of playing. I'm hoping this is the case. I think we've had a few too many key players for that, but there is potential that he kind of says, well, I'm going to have to play a slightly different way to make this work, but I have actually got the players where, well, I don't I know. In,
0: in in terms of specifics, I think uh, what I was looking at in that first half against Southampton, I was thinking, right, okay, this uh, Carlos I'm not even bothered about because Cons is stepping up here finally. Yeah. Still, I was, you know, he let Harlan go for that Manchester City goal when he should have been on his man rather than watching the ball.
1: But we've seen him and Mings have a good partnership before. So yeah, so we've seen that before
0: that. And, and he did well against uh, Southampton. But the thing was, you were seeing how Kamara was completely interchangeable with Mings when Mings you know he would allow Mings to actually stay up you know when he you know he goes up for a set piece yeah. or whatever and then there's that sometimes where the ball doesn't come straight back it, it kind of sticks around Mings will stay up and Kamara just slots straight into his position, and you know he's got the physical size to be a centre back, and that, and that was a good dynamic, and that makes us a bit more uh, solid and more resistant to the counter. So that's I was liking that. So now Louise kind of takes us back a bit, but if Dendonka's in the, in that team, then you're not going to maybe miss Kamara in that situation. But uh, you know Kamara reads the game pretty well, but still. It can, you know, if Louise and Dandankar are used or utilised, it's it's it can be counted. And and you're not, uh, you know, we're not talking about a team that's suddenly going to drop its standard. We're still talking about a team that, if Gerard can get a bloody formation sorted out, an organised system, and make us harder to beat, we've still got plenty uh, of talent at the top end of the pitch, which yeah. hasn't really got any injuries to uh, mm-hmm. still bring home the bacon.
1: And a lot of you know guys that aren't going to be going away with their country as well in the forward line. You know, Buendia, Watkins. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Continue, et cetera. They're not going to, be, uh, they're going to be relatively fresh.
0: I don't think it's a crisis at the moment. But uh, in terms of uh, if we got a couple of more injuries, which players for you would turn into a crisis if they uh, got injured? I injury?
1: mean, Martinez straight away.
0: I think Ming's number one. Yeah. Because I think there's a mentality there that there's a difference between a team without him and with him.
5: Yeah, I think, I think probably Mings and Martinez for me, to be honest. I'm going to say maybe Watkins as well, because it's just, you'd need to completely change your way of playing. I mean, maybe that would be a good thing, but you, you need to completely change your way of playing if you drop Watkins.
1: We don't know how we've been playing there, so it's, mm. it's potentially, you just go, well, we're going to play Ings, we make a way to get the best out of Ings.
0: Yeah, because at the moment, it's kind of Watkins is the only thing that's semi-worked, and uh, that's why you're hoping he's playing. But there's enough potential talent there to play, you know, several different ways. Yeah, I mean, I agree with what you're saying, Phil. I, I think uh, the way we are, that the level that we're operating at, what Gerard's doing, you kind of need Watkins in there because I don't think we've uh, we're not dynamic enough or smart enough in what we're doing to actually play
5: without him. He, he kind of yeah. makes up for a lot of deficiencies. The only reason I wouldn't say Martinez was just going by the last game as an example. He had nothing to do. I, I agree as well that you know Martinez is the one you you definitely don't want because he is your world class player. But at the same time, you know if the rest of the team's steps up and is good, your keeper shouldn't be busy. So Olsen might be all right.
0: Yeah, I I think if you if you take Mings and Martinez out, I think just the feel of the team loses two major you know yep. major leaders and, it, loses its,
1: uh, it loses its voice it loses its personality
0: in terms of character becomes a bit vulnerable if the results aren't going well managers under pressure we, we don't uh, pick up enough points in october then i think you've got a problem so uh touch wood uh, those guys are, are okay also, but you know opportunity knocks as we said you know Augustinson Louise dendonka these are players that uh, are all internationals and uh, you know they're not chumps so if they're played in the right way, they can uh, make up for any deficiencies from the la- lost guys
1: I mean you could not necessarily treat it as a, p- a positive thing, but it's certainly a sign of how far we've come yeah. as a club in, in in a long time that you can lose four pretty big players yeah and sort of go. Oh, okay, fair enough. We'll put X, Y, and you. Thought, you know, you reel the names off pretty quickly. Who you are going to play in their place? And you kind of go, "Well, might not be the first choice, but they're not." They're you're not losing sleep, choice, are you? Not really, not really. I mean, I mean, I think you start. You get into the realms of, "Okay, well, our bench is going to look a little bit threadbare." But every team in the league has periods where their their bench is a little bit because our be bench put the in, in the
0: last ten years, some of the it's uh, been atrocious was <laughs> the last. Some of season. them have been terrible.
1: You know, we joked after Man City, didn't we? You know, you would be thinking you'd be walking away from a Villa Man City game in the last decade where you're bringing on. Sort of three international players, yeah, off the bench, who were all game changers, top tier players. I mean, top you- tier players. Yeah, that's a big that's a that's a big sign of progress, which we haven't had.
0: Well, we we had we've had podcasts uh, in the last three or four years where we where we've said we, it'd be great to have some like impact off the bench, like a player that could actually potentially give you an impact rather than bringing on Keenan Davis or uh, where you know when we b- brought him on, we were settling for whatever result we had at the time. Yeah. No disrespect to the player. It's more the expectation of supporters. You know, when you bring a sub on, sometimes you get a buzz. Oh, he might, you know, like you bring on a, a let's say, a, a, a tricky winger or something. Even like Truro, you think, oh, something might happen here. Or if you bring on, uh, you know, Tommy Johnson, you might get a goal. Or Julian Churchill, you know, you're yeah, going to get a goal from There's expectations. Too, uh, and now, we you know, we, we bring on players. It's almost like th- there's no dip in the the first team capability.
1: And the fact that you can change, you can change shape, you can play differently. I think that that's got to be a good thing. It will be tested, yeah. Now, because of course, now we're probably going to have to work out right. Well, this is the way that this team's going to have to play, and we can't afford too many more casualties.
0: Right. Speaking of uh, October, we've 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 spoken, you know, about this previously. Also, the uh, the potential of there'll be clubs thinking about their managers pre Qatar, say mid October. If you're looking at your manager now, I'm thinking you probably won't, whatever they're doing, those two November games won't really come into it. Villa have got two late league games in November. I think you'd make your decision in October, wouldn't you? Let's talk about Gerard. In terms of uh, good progress, we're on an unbeaten run of two, but the kind of lineup of games we got, Leeds, Forest away, Chelsea, Fulham, Chelsea obviously at home, but uh, Chelsea's new manager. Fulham, Brentford, Newcastle away. Villa click, that's a good, Lineup. If you're a manager and uh, you're going to be judged on six games, you you would take that, I think, as a as a fair testing yeah, yeah, ground as a fair yeah fair on the
1: games. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few trips away from home, aren't there? There's not too much at Villa Park in October, but well, you got four away trips basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but maybe that might suit Villa to be honest. Not having to sort of take the game to teams and having the pressure of entertaining the expectant Villa Park masses and all that.
0: Well, you know, last time. When Dean Smith got sacked, uh, you know, we were going to Villa Park. It was weird. It felt like once a month there was no animosity to Smith uh, from the home performances because, you know, they were True. doing okay. But you never felt he was under pressure. It was kind of the results weren't coming in away. So it was almost like if you had only put, went to home games and you didn't even look at away results you would, wouldn't have the feeling from the crowd reaction, etc., that he was a manager in trouble. And Gerard at the moment, you go to Villa Park, apart from the West Ham game, it's still Stephen Gerard's Clarent Blue Army from the whole. You know, that's been chanted the last couple of games. So what you see on uh, Twitter, and you know, there's some fucking people who set up accounts their their, their main, only purpose is to say out to whatever manager there is i mean when you look back at uh, their profile you see they had a different profile pick and it was like dean smith out so uh, there's a lot of that that goes on and it's always the best test is what is the feeling at uh at villa park and obviously away from home as well from the crowd so gerard at the moment this it's not like an imminent uh guillotine at all that is uh, a prism of uh the internet but at the same time the results don't lie and hopefully uh, it's all about these next six games in terms of continuing uh, the potential turnaround i mean two decent results i think uh, the city result is and performance was uh, a real thumbs up in terms of how oh, actually we can do something we can get out of this and just the way we beat southampton pretty comfortably without actually playing astonishingly well apart from you know defensively points you in the right direction because uh you don't get out of real bad periods by suddenly beating teams three or four nil and uh you know playing fancy stuff you you, you turn the ship around yeah. by getting organized defensively sound and grinding it and that's how Gregory used to do that that's how you turn things around i mean people uh, judging by some social media don't seem to uh, appreciate that fact so i think the grind started and you know Gerald's very conscious of the situation so these six games i think is uh, where it's at and it can go ultimately it can go wrong very quickly if you don't if yeah. you get beat if you get beat by Leeds and Forest it's uh,
5: the, the Inferno is on, basically. Yeah, it's a very interesting six games. I mean, like you said, you would definitely take these as a manager, but at the same time, you don't know what form the other teams are going to be in by the time you play them. I mean, you wouldn't really want to play Fulham at the minute because they've started really well, but in, in four games' time, they might not be. Yeah, you look at that. I mean, let's go through them. Leeds, it, it's
0: going to be tough. Ellen yeah, Road's
1: <laughs> always, always difficult. They're, they're not like great, but they're going to give you a good game, especially after last season.
0: You, you have to be on it. To, uh, yeah. you have to have a plan you have to know what you're doing and, you, and your players have got to turn up for the fight to uh, do them mm-hmm. Forest still, still, still getting their shit together but there's still potential there and, that, and you know they're going to have a good go at you. And that's a good home crowd they've got there as well. There's there's a bit of... Uh, yeah, I time. mean, this first season back after centuries, and uh, there's a lot of talk about the city. I mean, I you know used to go to the city ground uh, a bit, and uh, but this season it, they're fired up and it's always a good atmosphere, so that'll be tough. Chelsea at home... Uh, it's a it's Opportunity, a, a team in transition in terms of a manager coming in and and changing things around. So it doesn't always go swimmingly, and you know you've got to communicate what you want. And it hasn't traditionally, traditionally with
1: him in um, in the past. It's taken him a little while to get his feet under the table at clubs. You know, Brighton had some pretty chronic runs of form.
0: And when you look at you know, I would say Manchester City coming to Villa Park is a more scary prospect than uh, okay. Chelsea at the moment. I mean, they're going to have a couple of games before they play us. So that's in their favor. But out of the uh, the traditional uh, top 6 at the moment, uh, I would I would take that if I had to choose one of them for yeah, this them at home and Yeah, if if Spurs I had to pick one Arsenal. of the top 6 including Manchester United, if I had to pick one of the traditional top 6 to be one of the uh, like the wildcard fixture for uh, October if I was a manager of Chelsea at home probably be it. I think that's fair. Uh, Fulham away, I think is that's the tricky one, uh, and uh, similar to Brentford, both teams will look at Villa as an opportunity. Big time, unfortunately, everyone and will look at us at the minute and
1: go, "Yeah, we can have a right good go at Villa."
5: And they're both very organised, and Fulham have been doing really well at the start of this season. Yeah, but it'll depend as well how Villa have done before they get the film. Villa turn up, Villa turn up with two wins in a draw and playing Fulham. You know, it, it's a different picture yeah. on it very true
0: Villa turn up after spanking Leeds Forest and Chelsea then were <laughs> we're expecting to walk through Fulham and Brentford before we annihilate the Toon uh yeah
1: I think uh, Newcastle I think would just be a good game uh and they've got St James's Park now is a totally different prospect isn't it compared to previous years bear in mind our record there's never been good anyway yeah uh and they've they, been in crisis, they have feel good fans their fans, their fans yeah. believe now don't know, they buy into it the flags are back they all believe it's kind of like Fortress St. James And it's a a great opportunity
0: for them if uh, Gerrard's on shaky grounds and he may and and the results haven't been that great in the five previous games and this could be a decider they'll relish that Yeah of course they will Since we've relegated him a couple of times But
5: they have just drawn at home against Bournemouth so you know this is the it's thing it's, it's a very interesting set of fixtures
0: yeah but you can make cases for losing every one of those games uh i don't know i'm not making a case for losing them uh, altogether i'm making a case individually you could at the same time you can make a case for winning every one of those games individually as well so i think this is the most fascinating month of the season and will be the most pivotal because uh Gerard gets the results here then uh I think he will take us out of that kind of relegation battle mentality. We'll probably be comfortable in the league uh, and that Qatar sacking trapdoor will uh, slam shut and uh, he'll be able to kind of focus on the rest of the season and hopefully uh, have some of those uh, injured players back uh, when we restart uh, against Liverpool on Boxing Day. Minimum points needed from those uh, six games, do you think, to explain what I've just said? Double
1: figures. I say enough. Yeah, you're going to be looking. Yeah, double figures. Really.
5: So that's three wins and a draw, basically. Yeah. T- ten points is the bare minimum, I think. Although, to be honest, you'd I maybe take.
0: I would take. I think, I think eight. F- I wouldn't take it, but I think eight is like okay. Let's say minimum points not to get sacked.
1: I, I, don't, I don't know i don't know because you could you could say well let me explain if, this if you if, could draw a lot of those games yeah but so you're not necessarily losing them but you're still accumulating points but you'd go but oh, eight you know, points, in eight points is
0: eight points is essentially two wins two draws two losses which i think would uh, get him That'd through be all right i think eight would get him through mm-hmm. what's lower than eight you You're talking... Uh,
1: Six couple of wins and a few defeats.
0: Well, six just, could just, be potentially three draws, a win, and two losses. Seven would be two wins, a draw, three losses.
5: Fella don't draw many games. Yeah, I think
0: That's three losses against that lineup, and uh, you're asking how are we ever going to qualify for Europe. I think is what you starting to think.
1: Yeah, well, you certainly you go, you know, you go into your next FCG to Mr. Purslow and go continual improvement with a huge question mark. Yeah. Bearing in mind, you know, you, you zoom in on that run of games the start of the season, and then the more you zoom out, the worse it looks. Over the you know, calendar, the calendar year narrative, if they had a dreadful run in those games, it would be horrendous, wouldn't it? Yeah. Bearing it could, in mind, it will literally be a year since he took over, and those stats would, would start to look pretty ugly.
0: If if we can, I mean, two games is not a run, but if if we can remain unbeaten against Leeds, for example, you suddenly you're thinking, oh, three games unbeaten, then that gives you a bit more. You would be expecting to get something against Forest then mentally yeah and then if you're suddenly four games unbeaten then Chelsea is like well four games unbeaten we should be able to do something here so it kind of if you stay unbeaten as long as you can it it builds and you know the t- the, the tests get tougher I would argue
1: and that's what Greg Gregory used to do that didn't he He'd have, yeah, they'd have runs of like long unbeaten runs but lots of draws in there
5: but they were just really solid yeah I, th- I think they have to do well in the first three games because if you look at the difference in days, there's eight days between Leeds and Forest, and another six days between Forest and Chelsea. The the final three games come up pretty fast, with so three games in nine days. Yeah. So yeah. you don't want a too long, sort of like a bad result too long to fester. If you if you get a decent on result the, on in Leeds and Forest,
1: you, uh, you, you don't want too long on the training ground, as we said before.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, so what what are we saying? I'm saying eight points minimum. Uh, uh, I'm
5: still saying double figures.
0: Yeah, I want ten. So what is double figures? Is it ten? Yeah. Or are you going for 18?
5: (laughs) (laughs) 10 and I'll be happy
0: enough. So what's 10? Three wins, a draw, and two losses. Yeah. Right, let's uh, end. We we started talking uh, international football. Uh, I was thinking about all these signings that we've made over the last couple of seasons. Uh, I was thinking, oh, this is going to be a great World Cup. Uh, Well, it's not. Lots of issues around this, but in terms of Villa representation. But then you... As it's drawn closer, and now we're you know we're literally a month or so away, and all these injuries started popping up, you know just sat down now and trying to work out who's actually going to be at the World Cup. I mean, in, in terms of injuries, Carlos would probably have been in the Brazilian squad he's not going to well, be there he's not intended to be though has he? no that's what I'm saying but if he had a good time with Villa he'd probably yeah. Probably. because it's Premier League you know it's mm. uh, that hype he might have, He would have probably been in it so he's off the record Luiz is touch and go he will probably not he would need to play games for Villa yeah and uh, obviously impress, unless they, they, they need somebody to score directly from corners. Kamara, he was he would have been in the French squad. He'd just broken through.
1: Digne would have been in the squad, although he'd just lost his place, but you'd like yeah. to think he would have been involved.
0: Well, put it this way, he's just lessened his chances. Uh, having got in the squad to break in there, back in, uh, he's out. Coutinho's
1: um, going to have to get his form back for Brazil. He's obviously not in the squad at the minute.
0: Yeah, I mean, you'd have to have a decent, reasonably, should we say reasonably decent time? Because he was actually, you know, he's he's not guaranteed starter at Villa. No. Watkins, I think he's missed the boat because do, uh, this is the last international winder. He's not, he needs goals just to get the headlines
1: really. Yeah, I wonder, and, the, and the way England are playing with a lone striker, it's probably going to be Kane or Abraham. I don't think you're going to take a lot of strikers. You're going to load with attacking midfielders. Right backs. <laughs> that too. Uh, right backs and possible right backs to play left back. And right.
0: Now, Ming, Ming's, I think, if he continues his form last couple of games, because he's been in previous, I mean, he was in the Euros, he played games in the group stages. So and at, he's le- about. at least he's got credit in the bank in terms of tournament football. So as long as he's impressing and England are looking shaky, I think he might make
5: it. Yeah, because, I mean, it's okay to say at the minute about Maguire and Shaw not playing for United, but it's a different conversation if they still haven't had a game for United when it comes around to the World Cup. Yeah, Ming, Ming's his record is is great for England
0: as well. I mean, uh, yeah. bordering on uh, ridiculous.
1: And so, you know, just personality-wise, you know, you're not bringing in someone brand new who's been in and around the you know, the squad uh, for, uh, for a long period of time now.
0: So not missing this uh, international break's not necessarily uh, going to be a problem for him. So we'll see there. Wendia, touch and go there. He needs Very uh, touch and go. Needs to uh, be on
1: that pitch. And hasn't done a lot for Argentina really yet either. He's only been a, been a bit part player. Yeah, Argentina, squad, not so.
0: exactly short on decent midfield players either. So... Uh, he, I think he would have to start. I, I can't see it because he's got Coutinho in the way, and uh, he's only going to be a, a bit part player. He's not going to be a regular starter, is he? In the next in October, for example. So I don't see him playing in, in that yeah, tournament yeah. unless there's a Cash, mass injury crisis.
1: Cash and Bednarak probably going with with Poland. Oh, yeah, they're they'll both going. So, actually, who, who's going to be there? I think we've got about three players at the World Cup, haven't we? Because obviously Sweden didn't qualify, so Augustinson and So, Olsen Scotland, won't be
0: there. Sweden out, so forget about those guys. So, it comes to who's actually going to be wrapping rep- the villa.
4: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery.
2: Terms and conditions apply. Five years or hundred thousand miles, whichever comes first.
3: Pro Pilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times.
0: Uh, at the World Cup, you're looking at Cash, den Donker. Maybe
1: then Donker might be in the squad, but he might not. Like, he probably won't play. He'll be in the squad,
0: hundred percent. Yeah, but he uh, he's, he's been started until the last uh, last game or so so and they're, they're still playing three at the back but uh, they've he was on the bench uh, in their last game but uh, De Bast has been playing in in, in the last couple of games uh, instead of uh, Dendonka so Dendonka probably not going to get many games for Belgium unless there's an injury uh, situation he'll, he'll definitely be in the squad and then it's just Martinez Bednarak it uh, will be alongside Cash so there'll be a Mm-hmm. obviously an interest in built there so it's looking as usual uh, for villa normally uh, a bit light after early expectations of buying a better quality of player and getting in a load of internationals uh certainly uh the world cup's not so exciting yeah from a, villa not a really
5: not really a good brochure is it for attracting new players yeah come to us and give up your international career <laughs>
0: I mean, it's kind of sad on the England uh, point of view, because you always wanted, you know, it's always good to have some representation. uh, So hopefully hopefully Mings gets back in. It shows where we're at, unfortunately. Uh, In terms of injuries, in terms of World Cups, basically, from my point of view, it's uh, Mings, don't get injured and uh, play well, and you should be in the World Cup, and, and Villa should be okay. And that's pretty much about it.
5: Yeah, just boggle up for October.
0: Which will be next week. So uh, get ready for that. The uh, Something for the Weekend episode will be covering the Leeds game, which uh, will be on the Sunday. Uh, looking forward to that. Well, that will be a proper feisty affair. Uh, don't forget to uh, follow us on uh, social media on my men said at my men said on whatever social media app you use the most. Uh, do follow us on instagram just for the stories instagram stories are always fun so uh
1: yeah thanks for the plugs this week david
0: that's all right anything to uh
1: boost those spotify
0: plays <laughs> <laughs> exactly
1: oh and don't forget
0: uh my old man said members uh, double header of uh, match club match club live uh, for the leeds and forest games so uh, join us there right until next time it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them
5: goodbye goodbye
0: this podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network
4: TalkSport powered by fans